From the Thinking Out Loud studios, it's the Thinking Out Loud podcast with Kevin and Kyle, the podcast that exists to help you navigate the culture of today from a biblical perspective and to help you grow in your relationship with God. God has commissioned and called you to be a light in this culture. The only way you can do that is to know the truth. No matter what circumstance you're facing, no matter what season of life that you're in, if you truly want to find success in that season, you are going to have to go back to the simple question of what does God say about me in this moment? There's no shortage of information in this culture, but there is a shortage of truth. Welcome back to the Thinking Out Loud podcast. My name is Kevin Wilson. And I am Kyle Wenzel, and we have another one for you today. Listen, we have had an amazing time just doing our last couple episodes. You you know, you guys are offering the suggestions, giving us the topics, and it's fun to do those topics because for the most part, they're topics that are on our brains because, hey, we want to educate you, but we also want to make sure we're educated ourselves. And so it's caused us to check our faith and check our biblical literacy and some of this stuff. So a couple housekeeping things before we even get into our topic today. Again, we appreciate you guys. This has been the last few shows has been our most popular shows. I yeah. mean, it, it as far as getting feedback from people, you know, I think a lot of our shows, as far as you know, downloads and all that good stuff, is very consistent. But as far as feedback and people talking, I mean, it's just been crazy. And I really appreciate just all the feedback that we've received. Our desire is for you guys to really know and understand the word of God in a, you know, the proper way. Right. And so, but a couple, a couple things. So reviews and ratings, those of you that listen to the show every week, you guys love the show, please go rate and review us, especially if you're on an Mm -hmm. Apple device, Uh, about 80% of people who listen to this show are on an Apple device. And so go down, you know, just as you know, as you're listening to this show right now, you can just scroll down to the bottom there. You can rate. So, you know, give us that five-star rating and then you can write a review. This helps us tremendously. It just helps us to come to the top of the search field when people are looking for podcasts like ours. And so do that for us and any other platform. So if you're looking, listening on Spotify or you're listening to iHeartRadio or TuneIn or all the places where where, where everywhere you stream music, Amazon, Google, I was about to say Panera. Pandora is where you also on that as well. I mean, just everywhere. Just write and review us any place that you can. And then, of course, if you have been blessed by this show and you're like, hey, Kev, Kyle, I really want this to continue. I want people to hear the truths of the word of God. I want to hear, you know, people to hear how we navigate culture from a biblical perspective, whether it be political, spiritual, whether it be relationship wise. I mean, we cover everything on this show. And so go to our website and on the homepage, as soon as you go to thinkingoutloudmedia.com, yep, that's thinkingoutloudmedia.com. As soon as you go there, you'll be on our homepage. You scroll down to the bottom of the page or near the bottom, you will see a little donate button there. Go ahead, click that button. No, it's not the donut button. It's the donate button. (laughs) (laughs) Click click on that button and you'll be able to either do a one-time gift there through PayPal or you can become a partner with us. And listen, you do whatever you want, but we love the partnerships and we are still looking. We have a few donors right now, but we are looking for 20 people at $25 a month, right? To to less than a dollar a day to partner with us on the show because the only way this show continues and people continue to get this good content is if we are fully funded. And so we're we're just asking that you guys if you're wanting to be a part of that there are some perks that you will get as part of that. One of them being you will have at free access. If you are a monthly person, you will have free access to any live shows that we do. Even if you're not in the country or even if you're not in the state, we will make sure those it's video, it's, it's taped and we will send that live show 
to you. And so that's one of the things we're working on some other things that we will give out if you're a part of this, the people who are giving monthly, because that's the way we're going to stay on the air. And then, of course, we have our text number. So you can text the show at any time. It doesn't matter what time zone you're in. It doesn't matter. This is not our personal cell phone. Text us anytime. You can text us on this show, about this show, past shows. It could be our very first show we ever did. And you want to ask us some questions or you have a topic suggestion or whatever the case may be, or you just want to say, hey guys, how you doing? Uh, Whatever you want to do, you could do that. That text number is 248-301-2010. Just save that number into your phone. Save it as TOL or thinking out loud. That way we're always there just a text away and we do respond to these texts. And so we appreciate that. And so we're going to get into something a little bit today that is, you know, for some of you, I think it's going to be quite shocking. For others of you, I, I you, you may already know this. I, I don't know, but we're going to do a show today on the most misinterpreted or most misused scriptures in the Bible. This is, and one thing you have to understand is, the reason why we do topics like this, one, you guys have, have talked about it. You've asked a lot of questions that we do. We've done some of these taboo topics. But one of the reasons why we do this is because my desire and Kyle's desire is that you do what the Bible says and you rightly divide the word of truth, that you know what the Bible actually says, not what grandma said, yeah. not what tradition says, not what religion says, but what the Bible actually says. Because remember, when we stand before God, we're going to stand before God based on what the Bible actually says, not what our preacher told us, not what we heard on you know the t- TV. That stuff does not matter, right? So in order for us to, to know that we're believing the right things and all of that, we have to make sure that we're studying the Word of God for ourselves and, and digging into those scriptures. And so, yeah, and I think, I think a lot of people get frustrated with God. Because they're believing a promise that isn't a promise specifically to yes. us, you know. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, and and it's hard. I've yeah. been there where I'm like, God, your word yeah. says, you know, and 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 you don't get it. Now, there's different reasons why. Because I mean, God's not obligated to work in your life the same way He works in mine, and vice versa. But I think sometimes if we're going to go over some scriptures over the next two shows, and I think a lot of these scriptures are, I know Kevin and I, you and I were talking. There's stuff that. We've mis I've misquoted these scriptures. Yeah. I've I've used some of these scriptures as support in my Me sermons too. and I, I should go back to those people and apologize because I've used them wrong. And so guys, again, these shows help educate us as pastors, as fathers, as husbands, as Christian yeah. leaders. And so thank you for listening to the show and making this possible. So hopefully you guys get a little bit out of this and you enjoy this as well. And you comment on our social media pages because that's we love when life happens under yeah. there. Yeah. So. And, and we also don't just want to get on the air. You know, we've tried with, with these past few shows and any shows that we've done is to make sure that we give you scripture. We don't want to just give you opinion. We want to give you what actually what the Bible says. And then you know, you, you take that, you dissect that, you look it up for yourself, right? And so a lot of people might say, like, so how do you guys even get to knowing or getting to the bottom of truth? Like, what, what, what does that look like? You know, how do you know that what you're, what you're saying and the way you're interpreting scripture is true, right? And so I don't want to get into the weeds here because, you know, it, we could have a, th- a very deep theological discussion. We could talk about hermeneutics and talk about all, all these deep things, right, that you would learn in seminary. But I, I understand the majority of you guys are not theologians and you're not really a- attaining to be a theologian, but you do want to understand the word of God and understand why it says what it says and how do we get to the bottom of, of of these things, right? Because I don't want you guys, I don't want you to just believe it because you're like, oh, well, yeah, I, I just love those guys. You know, they seem to be really nice guys and I listen to them every week and they seem to be humble and they seem to be knowledgeable and they, well, you know, that's great. But I will tell you right now in Christendom, there is a lot of nice people saying some really yeah. wrong things. Right. You know, there, there's, there's, there's TV evangelists. There's, 
you know, your YouTube influencers and, and Instagram people, like, and some of your favorite pastors are saying things and they're just not biblical. And, and one of the things we want to do is just try to, di- we really want to dissect that. And so you're going to see, you know, in the next few weeks, there are some things that we've learned, scriptures that we've quoted. There's plaques, there's there's greeting cards, there's uh, coffee mugs. Coffee mugs. <laughs> there's, I mean, where the scriptures are totally taken out of context. And you, I think some of you guys are just going to be f- shocked, frankly. You're not going to like it at first, I think. You're going to be like, no, Kevin and Kyle are wrong. That's not right. That's not right. <laughs> you know, I think that'd be your initial response. And that's okay. It's okay if it is. It's fine. I think that was my initial response. Yeah. (laughs) But then you start reading the context of what's going on, and you're like, ah, I can see where I use that for my motivation. So it'd be cool. Yeah. And I think, you know, know, just because you heard it from your pastor, your Sunday school teacher, your small group leader, and you're like, oh, my gosh, I just found, I just realized they've been taking it out of context forever. Listen, it's not that they're necessarily a heretic. It just means that they need to be a better student of the scripture. Right. And so, you know, my my desire is that we don't follow traditions. We don't follow religion. We don't follow. You know, we follow what scripture actually says. So here's what I want to do. I want to give you just a, a, a couple of important points that I think is really important. So when you're studying scripture and we because we're going to talk today about two scriptures that is extremely popular in our I would say 90% of the time when they're spoken, they're spoken in the wrong context. One is Philippians 4.13, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Another one is uh, Psalms 37 and 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So there, there are some scriptures that are just not preached right, you know, uh, quoted correctly, yeah. right? And so I want to give you just a two-minute, two, two to three-minute lesson on understanding how you interpret scripture and how this can happen, right? And so let's talk about, I want to talk about two words that I think you it's vitally important for you to understand. One is exegesis, and the other one is eisegesis, okay? And you're like, hmm, does this have something to do with Jesus? Eh, not really. <laughs> it's just how the word. It's kind of crazy how it sounds yeah. like that. You know? <laughs> it's just how the word sounds. So let me explain to you what, what exegesis or exegetical preaching versus topical preaching or textual preaching is. So exegesis is the critical explanation or interpretation of a text, especially a scripture. So exegesis, so that prefix ex literally means to draw out of, so exit or out or from, okay? And so when you look at a scripture, what you want to do is you want to exegete or or pull out of or draw the meaning out Mm -hmm. of or extract the meaning out of the text, right? Rather than placing our subjective meaning into the text, right? So when you look at a scripture, you need to take that scripture and say, okay, I'm going to look at this scripture, but based on this scripture, I need to take the interpretation and the explanation out of the text itself. You can't go into a scripture like I can do all things through Christ and and all these other scriptures or any scripture for that matter and bring your own meaning into it. Because if you do that, you'll never get to what the scripture actually means. So to so to mm-hmm. exegete, so so a pastor, for example, a pastor who does exegetical preaching is a pastor who would take Psalms, let's, let's take Psalms 23, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want on and on, right? Instead of him coming to that scripture and bringing his own meaning to that scripture, he breaks that scripture down in a sermon by extracting the meaning. What does the Bible mean when it says you know, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. All of that. What, what is he? What is he 
what is the meaning? So that meaning has to come out of scripture. Now, eisegetical preaching or eisegetical look at scripture is when a person interprets and reads information into the text that is not there. So that prefix eis, E-I-S, it means, literally means in or putting subjective personal meanings into the text. Okay. And so, mm-hmm. when, so as Christians, when we look at the scripture, we have to take scripture and say, what is this scripture saying, right? What is the meaning? We, we extract the meaning of that scripture out of the scripture. <laughs> like we don't come with the meaning and then now preach on it, right? We right. take it. So l- let me give you four steps to exegetical studying, all right? This is very important when you're under when you're reading any scripture. This is super important. The first step is observation. So you take a scripture like uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We're going to talk about that. So observation. What does the passage actually say? Second thing is interpretation. What does the passage mean? The third thing is correlation. How does this passage relate to the rest of the Bible? This is where you get your con. Notice, I was say, notice it says to the rest of the Bible. Not you don't. You still don't go. What does this passage relate to me? Like, what does it say to me? Right. right? You're still trying to figure out. Okay, what is this saying in context to the entire Bible? Yes. Where, where is it cross referenced? Where is it supported in story? Where is it like? Where is this at in the rest of the Bible? And that kind of helps lead you down that same path. A lot of people, they stop here and they go, well, how does this relate to me? And then that's when you start getting ice at Jesus, right? And you start putting your own input and revelation, quote unquote, into the verse instead of allowing the word of God to speak to you, whether it was for a certain time or for now. Right. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better. Yes. So the Bible, remember on our last show, we said that the Bible will never contradict itself. So the Bible is not going to say one thing in one place. Now, is there apparent contradictions or things that look like contradictions? Sure. But that's why we have the entire Bible, right? Because we need to look at the whole of scripture and say, okay, but it says this here, but then it also says this here. Okay. Well, then you need to look at the rest of scripture and find your answer, right? You don't then Mm -hmm. take that one scripture, extract it out, and put your own meaning into it. Now, the fourth thing is application. How should this passage affect my life? Okay. So you might ask yourself questions like, is there a command for me at this, you know, at this particular scripture? Is there a lie that I'm believing about God and that clearly is debunked by this scripture? Is there something that I need to change in my heart or in my life? Right. So, so when you look at a scripture, you need to follow these steps in order to understand what the scripture is saying. What has happened yeah. in society is that we take a scripture because we like the way it sounds or what we think mm-hmm. it says, and we go and we extract it and we build doctrine around it. We put it on a plaque. We start quoting it and we quote it wrong because we've never actually studied what does that scripture actually mean? And the only way you can do that is pull exegete. So pull out of or from the meaning from the actual text itself. Yeah. And it takes work to do that. It's not just, well, it says that. So it means that. Some cases, it is as simple as that, but you still have to figure that out through a process, exegetically. Yes. You can't, you, you know what I'm saying? And so as a youth pastor going on eight years now, I've done it. I'll be honest. I've, I've taken verses at surface level to support an input. I was trying to get creative with the Bible and just giving my stance on a situation and then pulling scripture in. And for anybody in your congregation, that's, they're coming to hear the word of God. They're trusting you with the word of God. And it sounds good. It sounds like the word supports it, but it's important, guys, that we, we really understand what scripture says, not so that we don't use it for situations, and so, but so that we understand who God is and how God acts and how he responds so that we're not frustrated with God when things don't go our way. Yeah. And you might be saying, Kev, I don't have time for all that. I'm not a theologian. I'm not a whatever. It won't take that much time. Once you understand the concepts that I just told you and you do it a few times, 
you're going to, your brain, when you read scripture, will automatically read scripture that way, right? You're you're not Mm -hmm. going to take something at face value and go, for instance, when we were talking about women preachers, right? And we were saying, you know, it says, I suffer not a woman to preach a usurp authority over a man, okay? If you take that and you, you isogete, Right. And you just ext- you just take that scripture and pour your meaning into it and say, well, but I don't think women should be preaching anyway. So I'm just going to I'm this scripture supports my narrative. No, that's not how it works. You allow scripture to tell you what scripture is saying, not what your narrative is. You don't pour your meaning. That's Isa Jesus, not Exa Jeeting. OK. And so. So I'm going to give you an example before we even get to Philippians 4.13. We're about to do that in like 30 seconds. But here's an example of eisegesis, okay? And this is, happens a lot with the Mormons. So 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 says, For though there be that are called gods, whether in heaven or in earth, as there be many, or excuse me, as there be gods many, the Lord's many. Now that's the that's the KJV, right? That's in a little bit why it sounds like that. So if you look at it, Mormons, for example, they will take that, you know, they have this preconceived idea that there are many gods, okay? And so what they do is instead of exegeting and taking that that scripture and extracting meaning out of the passage itself, they take their own narrative or their belief system that there is many gods, right? And they will say, well, but, but look, you know, it, it, it says that there's, that there's many gods. But if you look at it, it says that there are many gods that are called gods, right? So it doesn't say that there are many gods. It says there are many that are called gods, right? So being called a god doesn't make somebody a, a god. Right. So so the, the, the text, it actually doesn't teach what Mormons say they believe. Right. And so at this point, as you can see, this is eisegesis instead of exegesis. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, it makes it pretty simple to read over. You, you sit in sermons all the time and go, man, I've read that verse a hundred times and I never heard that before. Well, that's because we've seen it at surface value and and somebody came along and allowed the process to take place. And the reality of the scripture is actually given. Yes. You know, it's pretty cool when that happens. Yeah. And one of the things we have to understand is the word of God is enough. We don't need to put our creative spin on the word, right? And that's, I think, a lot of times where us as preachers we so bad want to motivate or be inspirational or be whatever that we fall victim to eisegesis, you know, putting our own meaning into scriptures because we're trying to get a certain point of cross. And we can't do yeah. that. The Bible, ha- you have to allow the Bible to get its point of cross. The Bible's yeah. point, it will always be greater and more valid than any point that you're ever trying to get across yourself, right? Like the, the Bible is enough. Right. And so so let's dig into Philippians 4.13. Philippians 4.13, you know it. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Right. So King Jimmy, King James Version, then that we, <laughs> we'll probably get a, a text of people saying, hey, what about KJV only? Uh, we can go down that road, too. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. can have that discussion. If you guys ever want to have that discussion, you just have to text us and tell us. Uh, but. Um, but, but it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, we have heard that scripture of no matter what I want to do, right? So if I'm a five, if I'm five, four and I want to be drafted to the NBA, you know what? You go ahead, right? You can just, you can, I can hear mom right now, right? Say, you know what? You can do if you put your mind, you can do anything. Don't you remember that scripture in the Bible where it says you can do all things through Christ? Don't believe that you can't be a, drafted into the the NBA and you're only 5'4". The Bible says that you can do all things through Christ, right? That's how we've looked at that scripture. We've said, hey, anything I want to do, I can do. All right. Now, here's the thing. People do the same thing with singing, right? Think about American Idol. 
Have you ever watched American Idol? And you see those people that get up there and, and mama told them that they could sing and they sound like a dying chicken. Like, I mean, it's, it's <laughs> like, it's, it's incredible. Some of the things that, that you hear. Why? Because somebody told them, well, you can, yeah, they probably told them you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Okay. Well, let's look at what that scripture mm-hmm. actually means. So let's take this in context. So when you look at Philippians 4, here's the setting for you. Paul is sitting in a prison. He's chained to a guard, right? Mm-hmm. He's expecting at any moment to be killed. Right. And understand, in that day, the prisons were not like our prisons today. You think our prisons are bad today? These things were dungeons. Like pretty much underground dungeons where there was rats and and just nasty, 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 yeah. damp, just terrible conditions, right? So he's he's chained to this guard and looking to be killed any moment, right? So he writes Philip he writes to the Philippians in spite of this horrific situation and the circumstances he's in. He writes to the Philippians, and this is what he says to the Philippians. No, I'm going to start reading uh, Philippians 4, starting at verse 10. It says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, Mm -hmm. but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I I know what it's like to be in need. I know what it's like to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any situation and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through Christ who gives me strength. I like that you said this, because I think when we, when we think of the version all things, yep. right? What we have to understand is that all things, even in that verse where it says all things are all this, he's referring to the hardships, the trials, the good and the bad. Yes. And it, it doesn't surprise me that we can go back a couple verses and, and draw from what he's actually saying. He's concluding with that, with that statement, I can do all this through Christ. He's concluding what he's gone through. And if you know the, the book of Philippians at all, it doesn't surprise you because it's out of humility and it's out of self-sacrifice. And he's teaching the church about humility and self-sacrifice. And so it would be contradictive for us to say, we can accomplish whatever we want to accomplish, whatever our dreams are, and use this verse as like a mystical incantation in order to do whatever we need to have happen or complete a task. Or if we feel conquered, then we can just, well, listen, God, it would be like counterproductive to understand it that way, because what he's saying is, is even in defeat, I can do all of this through Christ. Right. And I think for Christians, we don't like hearing defeat because we serve such a victorious God. Yeah. You know, and and rightfully so. But listen, even in defeat, God doesn't fail people. He's not going to fail people. And so we have to learn humility and understanding yeah, I'm not going to achieve certain things. We have to understand self-sacrifice and, and, and understanding that even in my Christian walk, there are going to be things that I have to give up or things that I have to become content with because that's my walk. And not use the verse as, well, I'm poor right now, I'm broke right now, and I'm going to be rich, and I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. And guys, we're setting ourselves up for failure and frustration with God when we believe certain things like that. Yeah. And yes, one, 100% agree. And I think, and let's look at this scripture and use, okay, the exegete and eisegete as what we were talking about. Now, you can't take this scripture. If you look at Philippians 4.13, okay, now me reading the context around it, verses 10 through 13, you can't take that scripture, that one scripture that the verse 13 is say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If you take that and, and extract that out of scripture, put it by itself, it takes it completely out of context because the reason why he even makes that statement is everything that he said above it. He yeah. goes, look, I know, I know what it's like to be rich. I know what it's like to live, to be poor. I know what it's like to have much. I know what it's like to have little. 
But in all of this, I can do all of this through Christ who strengthens me, right? So there is no way that you understand Philippians 4.13 if you don't understand Philippians 4.10. Here's the problem. You never see Philippians 4.10 on a plaque. You don't ever see Philippians 4.11 or 4.12 on a plaque. Why? Because it doesn't, it doesn't have the inspirational, in, in most people's opinion, it doesn't have the inspirational sellability. <laughs> I don't even know yeah. if that's a word. You know, market, market. Yeah, the marketability that, that that scripture, Philippians 4.13 has. And so we take that out and we go, well, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And this is why in the NIV, what they, the, the, the um, the modern NIV translations, they change that from saying I can do all things to I can do all of this because yeah. that is what the scripture is actually is actually saying. I get a little weary now. I didn't before, but I get a little weary now when I do see things and it's just one verse that's quoted. Mm-hmm. So when you've got the chapter and just the one verse, because a lot of times what we do, we love to be inspired and we love to be motivated. Just like any good writer, author, lyricist, you're going to explain the situation and then you're going to end it with a punchline. Mm -hmm. You're going to end it with a punchline. And the thing is, is we love the punchlines of the Bible. Yes. But if you take just the punchline, that punchline can mean a hundred different things to whoever reads it. But if you take the story and the narrative and then you also give the punchline, now the punchline it belongs to the story. It belongs to the narrative. It doesn't belong to the wandering hearts, the evil, desireful hearts of the human being. It belongs to the word of God now. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And so, I mean, people, Hollywood celebrities, presidents, they're misquoted because their punchlines are taking, taken into the media, even without what they said sentences before, right? And so, we just have to be careful not to fall in love with punchlines of the Bible. Right. It's so true. And I think that this is, so you might have a friend who says, Hey, you know, my pastor is an expository, you know, as expository preacher, or, you know, he's an exegetical preacher. You guys, your church is topical. Okay. Now, yeah. Listen, most of my ministry career has been topical preaching. Okay, that's just that's what I do. You know, our pastor does that. I know Kyle at times he's done that as well, you know, topical preaching or textual yep. preaching. Here's let me say this. A friend may say, "Well, my, my pastor is exegetical preaching, which is better preaching." And in a sense, they're okay with saying that if the person who is preaching who is having topical preaching. So, let me give you an example. So, if I say I want to preach a message on Philippians 4.13, okay? That is, and I say, I want to, you know, the message title would be the power in you, okay? The power Mm -hmm. in you, all right? Now, the problem with that is if I just do a topical sermon on the power that you possess or the power in you, and I Mm -hmm. use Philippians 4.13 as my primary text, and I don't read anything else in that chapter other than verse 13, I am now preaching an entire sermon based on a false premise. Yeah. Because if I say I'm going to preach the power that you know lies in you or the power in you, and I say, well, the Bible says in Philippians 4.13 that you can do all things through Christ who's praying, and I just pound that through to you. The problem is I am I am pouring my own meeting, I'm isogeting, I am pouring my own meeting into the text as opposed to exegeting and saying, what does this text actually mean? And the only way that I can get to understand what Philippians 4.13 actually means is to look at all of the other scriptures around it to bring it into context. Yeah. So again. We have to be careful. And now look and and think about it from this particular point. The scripture, if you take it, the scripture in context where it says, I can do all this through Christ who strengthens me, it actually takes the spotlight off of Paul and puts it on Christ. Because when you say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, whether I'm 5'4 or 5 or 6'11, it doesn't matter. As long as Christ is with me, 
I can be drafted to the NBA or I can do I can do all this this I can do all these things through Christ who strengthens me. It puts you as the hero of that story, right? Because God now exists to make sure that your things get done, right? right? But when you look at it in context, what it does is it puts the spotlight on Christ. If I didn't have Christ, I couldn't do. Then you wouldn't be able to do any. Of I, those. Yeah. I couldn't do any of this stuff. If 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 you know if I was poor or if I had riches, if I didn't have Christ. I would not be able to do any of this. So what it does is it takes the spotlight off of you and it puts the spotlight on Christ. The scriptures are not about you, folks. The scriptures about are about Jesus. The scriptures are about Christ. It raises him high. You are not the center of the story. Christ is the center of the story, and he always will be. But if we're not careful and look at things in context, guys, we will make us, we will make us the pivotal point of the story every single time. And so I think it's, it's crazy important for us to understand that. Let's look at Psalms 37 and four. I hope you guys are, I hope you guys are understanding this. You're getting this. And again, you can text us 248-301-2010, 301-2010. If if there are some things you need to understand more, you're confused about something or anything, just text us and we'll help you even further in regards to this. Yeah. Psalm 37, four says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the the desires of your heart. This one, especially, I would say probably more in the charismatic realm, this is used Mm -hmm. a lot. Now, again, we're going to say, we're going to look at this. We're talking about the desires of your heart. So what does the Bible say, right? Now you got to exegetically, okay, what is this biblically? What's going on here? Listen, the Bible numerous times tells us that the heart is the most deceitful thing that we have. Yes. Right. It literally in James tells us our heart drags us into temptation, drags us into sin. A lot of times we blame God. We blame the devil. We blame other people for why we sin. Most of the time, the reason we sin is ourselves. Yep. We lead ourselves into sin because of our hearts. So we have to be careful here and we say, well, God's going to give me the desires of my heart. I'm just going to, I'm going to ask for it and he's going to give it to me because we also see in James, right? Where it says we, we, there's two reasons why we don't have either. We don't ask for it. So we don't receive it. Or, and here's the important part. We ask for something, but it's out of bad motives from our heart. Why we don't receive that thing. And so, just because it's the desires of our heart for here on earth, guys, it's, it doesn't mean that's what we're going to get. For an example, if my kids come home, it's 5 30, 6 o'clock at night, they haven't eaten dinner yet, and they want me to bake them a cake, sure, they may desire that and their heart may want that. But as a dad, I'm not baking them a cake. <laughs> They're not going to go to bed on time. They didn't eat dinner. They're not getting their nutrition, right? Like, so there's just perfect examples of how you can desire things and you can desire certain outcomes. But it doesn't mean that you're going to be granted those things just because you're delighting yourself in the Lord and he's going to give you those desires of your heart. And so there's some context to this entire psalm. A lot of, a lot of times when you read the psalms, you have to read the psalms entirety. Yeah. You can't just, you really can't just take one verse out of the psalm. And so obviously the psalm was written by David. And while most of the verses make up complete thoughts, it's also an alphabetical psalm, which means the first letters of the verses follow the Hebrew alphabet. And we do this even in our English language. I remember remember learning that. And so as such, it's meant to be read as a whole. Okay. So Proverbs and Psalms, you can kind of take like the verse and that's the thought, right? Mm -hmm. Well, in this one, because of the way the poetry is, you have to read it in a whole. And if you've ever taken elementary classes, you understand the alphabetical you're starting each phrase with a certain letter, and it creates the whole story. So, from the beginning, David tells us not to fret because of evildoers, and more importantly, not to envy them. And this is huge here. This is, I think a lot of us, we use this verse in our selfishness. Yep. Well, I want that, so I'm going to ask God for that. Now, listen. So, David's telling us in, in Psalm 37, don't get upset when evil people find earthly success. Yeah. How many times, and I do this. Yeah. I, oh, I can't tell you how many times I pray, 
How are they making all that money? They're working hard. They're making all that money and they don't even love you. Here I am. I'm serving you. I'm serving your people. I'm sacrificing my time, my family time. I'm sacrificing my bank account and I can't even make a bill payment at the end of the month. And I get mad at God for that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what I'm doing is I'm taking that text completely out of context. Yeah. When in reality, this text was written because David was seeing this happen with godly people. They were envying what evildoers were, were, were getting on this earth. And so he was warning us not to get upset when evil people find earthly success and prosperity and faithful followers of God don't. Mm -hmm. And so this psalm is specifically speaking to people who feel disillusioned and wonder why the wicked prosper while they, along with many other righteous people, seem to receive no earthly reward for their faithfulness. And that is the key, earthly reward. We hear a lot, especially in Paul's writings, about having an eternal perspective. We have to understand a lot of scripture is an eternal perspective. And so we have to understand that the psalm, it's filled with references to judgment and eternal life. Mm -hmm. So making it clear that prosperity and the desires of our heart in this context refer to something much deeper than earthly gain. Mm -hmm. If you delight in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart, which is an eternal perspective of, listen, you will be with him for eternity. Mm -hmm. You are going to be in complete peace, you know, complete contentment, things of that nature. Now, does that mean that God doesn't consider prosperity for you here on earth? No, it doesn't mean that. He, he blesses people. He heals people. He, he gives people the desires of their heart here on earth, but it doesn't mean that he's obligated to based on the motives of your heart. So. Yeah, and I agree. So what the scripture is actually saying, and th th this is where you're just going to be like, wow, this scripture is actually saying, so to delight, so take delight in the Lord, so delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you your desires, not yeah. give you what you want. He will give you the right desires so that you will want the right things, right? Because Kyle, he referenced a scripture, and I want to make sure I actually give a chapter and verse and book, all of that. James 4 and 3. Yeah. It actually says, when you ask, you do not receive, because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Now, a, yeah. a lot of people have read the King James Version where it says, you ask and you don't receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your own, your, your pleasures, right? So what the Bible is saying here is not that if, oh man, if I delight myself in, in, in the Lord, he's going to give me everything, all the desires that I want, you know? So if I desire a, a, a husband, he's going to give me that. If I desire a wife, he's going to give me that. If I desire to get a better job, he's going to give me that. It's not your desires in that sense. What it's saying is, you know what? You delight yourself in the Lord, and he's going to give you the right heart. He's going to give you the right motives. He's going to give you the right desires, right? So your desires end up changing because God then starts giving you your desires, not you. Because our hearts, as, as Kyle said, our hearts are deceitful. Our motives, even as Christians, we still are in a fallen world. We still have minds that are not completely sanctified. I mean, we, we're, we're, we still are growing in sanctification in our own lives. So our desires, a lot of times, are not what God wants. It's what we want. So this scripture, right. we, so you actually have to turn the scripture on its head, and it's actually saying God is going to give you the right desires, the just desires, right? The desires that are good for you. And I think, I think, that's, I think that's vitally important, right? And if you think about it, you know, think about it like, like a, a kid, right? A child, they love their parents, love their parents. And the father, you know, the, the father, the mom, they find great joy when their kids are doing well, right? Mm -hmm. And a child loves their father and they find happiness in doing the father's will. But what it does is it causes us to want. So when we delight 
in the Lord and we delight mm-hmm. and we are wanting to do what God has called us to do. And we're, we're wanting to do all of those things. It causes, it, it activates God. And I, I, I don't know other word to use, but it activates him to, to, to act, to give us the right desires. Right. And that's what we want. We don't want, we think we know what we want. Trust me. You want yeah. God to give you your desires, right? Well, and that that's why I do, I call it cause me prayers. Yeah. I actually learned this. I learned this in counseling because a lot of my anxiety was out of my selfishness. It was out of my evil desires. And so my counselor was like, listen, practice some cause me prayers. And at first I was a little weary about it, but it lines up directly with song, with, the, with this psalm. Listen, my heart is deceitful. My heart's going to deceive me. And God, I want to delight in you. Yep. And I want I want my desires to match up with your desires. And so, Lord, cause me to love you. Cause me to want what you want. Cause me to. And all you're asking is, God, give me give me the desires. Give me the desire to seek you more. Give me because naturally I don't want to. Yep. Naturally, I I want the exact opposite of you. That's why I'm cursed with this sin. Naturally, I want to rebel. So, God, cause me. To do your will, cause me to be in your will. I just, that's just me admitting that, look, I'm, I'm an evil person. And there are going to be times where I just don't want to do this. Right. Right. Yeah, a- absolutely. Yeah. And, and I mean, you want to be right with God and you want to, you, you know, you want you want a thriving relationship with God. Allow him to give you your desires. Like, yep. you, and you will, you'll desire the right things. You'll want the right things. And so yep. I hope you can see that how much richer the the these scriptures that we just talked about how much richer they are when we don't eisegete which means we put our own meaning on into the scripture but rather we exegete or we extract or bring out of the scripture yeah. what it actually means right and not to take things out of context guys i can't stress enough to you how important it is for you to know the historical background of what you're reading and read it in context. Read the whole chapter. Don't yeah. just take a scripture out of a text, one scripture, and then just run with it. Like it, you, right. you will almost always do something wrong. And, and think about it this way. If you wrote a book, put yourself in Paul's shoes. If you wrote a book and you, you, you know what your intent, you know what the, the impact you wanted that book to have. And then a bunch of people, all over the world took your book and your writings and misinterpreted the, your total intent all over the world. Imagine how that would make you feel. Ima- like you would be, you'd be like, what are they saying? Right? Like, that's not what I wrote. I wasn't saying mm-hmm. that in that book I wrote. That's not what, I, but this is what we're doing. As leaders, as Christians, as people, we don't take the time to actually study what it says, but yet we go all over the world. We, we put these scriptures on our football helmets, on our faces, on our plaques. We go to Hobby Lobby. We grab things like we have no idea what we're doing. Right. And so we have to be careful that we are doing this the right way. And I think Kyle said something in the beginning of this podcast that I think is so vitally important. And this is one of the reasons why we want to do some of these shows that we're doing. Kyle said, it causes people, in, in so many words, he was saying, it causes people to lose their faith in God. Yeah. Like, we, mm-hmm. <laughs> think about it. When you tell somebody they can do all things through Christ who strengthens them, you're actually doing that to encourage them. That's what you're doing. You're like, oh man, you can do all things through Christ, man. You know what the scripture says? Get up, put your, you know, get yourself, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and go because you can do all things. You're actually trying to encourage that person. But here's the problem. Because you're not using that scripture the right way, you end up actually discouraging that person. And sometimes people even leave the faith because they go, well, but I thought the scripture said I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And you know what? I didn't get that job or I didn't get that husband or I didn't get to, I didn't make it on that team or our team didn't win that game or I did whatever the case may be. And then they go, well, this Jesus thing just doesn't work. You know, this, this, you know, they say, speak the word, but when they speak the word, it doesn't happen. Paul would say you were able to get through that job loss. You were able to get through that death in your family because of Christ. Yes. Because of you were able to get through all of that because you weren't, it doesn't have to be a gain. 
Like it could literally just be survival mode. Yeah. And we're going to talk in our next show. Paul says something that I think, you know, the Bible can't, can't contradict itself. And he talks about, listen, he's gone through things that were too much for him to bear. Like it was beyond his limit. Yeah. Is basically what he says. And so we have to understand that, well, he couldn't do those things. And so it's, it's, it's very, it's very important that we, we make sure the Bible supports what we're teaching. Right. The Bible. We should never, again, we're doing more harm to the faith than we are helping the faith when we don't understand Scripture. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because people make life choices or they, they go through things based on what we tell them because they're trusting us, right? And, and, and so, you know, it hurts me when I know that people are leaving the faith because we have sold them something that's just simply not true and not biblical, right? And so it's so important. So guys, I'm hoping this helps. I'm hoping that you understand this. I'm hoping that this helps you grow and gives you a love for digging into the scriptures. And so again, you can, you know, give us some topic suggestions. You can respond to this topic today at any time of the day. It doesn't matter any day of the week. It doesn't matter. 248-301-2010, 248-301-2010. Also, if you want to give to the show, uh, you can do that right on our website. Uh, we have a PayPal link on our homepage. Just scroll all the way down, almost down to the bottom and click on that link. You can give monthly. We're looking for 20 people at $25 a month to keep this show on the air. And so you can give away or you can do that monthly or you can give us a one-time gift. There is no gift too small. There's no gift too big. If you say, hey, I want to do $5 a month, $10 a month, whatever the case may be, you can do that as well. And then again, don't forget to rate and review us on whatever platform that you listen to us on, you know, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, Pandora, any of these places, go ahead, rate us, review us. That helps us out a great deal. And Kyle, could you tell them where to find us on social media? Yeah. Facebook and Instagram. Listen, Facebook is Thinking Out Loud podcast. We have a fans page that you have to be uh, accepted into, so Thinking Out Loud podcast fans, or just our normal Thinking Out Loud podcast page on Facebook. And then Instagram is thinking underscore out loud. Listen, all of our shows are advertised there. We recap shows there with any conversations that are had on our posts. We love that kind of stuff. We love to see life beyond the show. And so a lot of our shows, about I'd say 90% of these shows the last couple of weeks have come from comments on our post. So listen, if you guys want to hear us talk about something, comment on the post. We would love, we would love, we would love to cover what you want us to cover. Absolutely. Well, guys, thanks again for being a part of the show today. And we love you. We appreciate you listening. God bless you. We'll see you next week. 